Welcome to episode three of The Leader's Room. I am your host, Samuel Nimakumensa, and I am excited to introduce our special guest today, Jennifer Nimako. She is an inpatient diabetes nurse practitioner at the Frederick Health Hospital in Maryland. I'm proud to listen to Jennifer's story today as she takes us into the world of nursing, and she shares her story of determination, resilience to overcome doubts, and also find mechanisms to deal with burnout in the healthcare industry. Additionally, Jennifer is my sister. Jennifer, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is very exciting. Thanks so much. Now, let's start, a, let's start with uh, your background. Um, as I know this because I was there, but you were born in England. Yes. <laughs> and you moved to the USA at a young age. So share some of your experiences and the challenges moving from England to the United States and what that looked like in terms of culture and also education. Yeah. So to even preface that, I so I was born in England and then I moved to Ghana and then I moved back to England and then finally into the United States. So I had a lot of transitions, I would say, when it comes to my educational background. Um, I think one of the ones, one thing that I remember significantly was when I finally moved here to the United States, I had a pretty strong British accent. It's long gone now. It will come out every once in a while. <laughs> gone. Uh, but I remember that was quite challenging because I kind of was teased a lot about that. Um, and, and that was, and that was difficult because, you know, I, I didn't understand why um, people would make fun of, you know, other people's cultures and backgrounds. Um, but eventually I, I kind of persevered through that and was able to finish school successfully with no issues. Just dwelling on the accent a little bit, I, I know there are a lot of people who come to this country with different types of accents, whether they come from India, from Ghana, and in your case, your accent was British. So yes. in terms of the personal or interpersonal relationships with people, what would you recommend as the best way to kind of cope when you sound different, but you look the same as a lot of people that you interact with? Yeah, I think just trying to be your authentic self. I think people sometimes make fun of things that they don't understand and, and, and they don't seek to understand. And so just being yourself, you know, for me, I think eventually what I realized is I had to speak a lot slower um, for people to kind of just understand what I was saying. And then eventually they, they kind of were okay with me because they had that kind of guard up because they didn't understand me and they didn't know me. So that perhaps would be one thing I would say. Got it. That's that's really good to know. I think that's good advice for people who are also maybe in the same boat, struggling with dealing with um, acceptance or belonging in, in, in environments that they're in. Let's jump to your education. So we, you and I both know <laughs> that yeah. your in original aspiration was to become a teacher. Yes. And now you're a nurse and not just any nurse, but you're actually a nurse practitioner which is, I would think, a level above just an ordinary nurse. So tell us what influenced the change and why you decided to become a nurse practitioner. My African dad. <laughs> <laughs> that would be one of the answers. So when we got here, my, my parents were like, okay, you know, based on what they've heard from their friends and kind of what they've noticed um, in the economy, they think would be a better idea for me to be a nurse. Uh, my older sister is a nurse too, so I think that perhaps influenced that decision a little bit. 
Um, but I was so bent on, I want to teach, I want to teach. And um, it's a full circle moment because I actually do get to enjoy that now with what I'm doing. Um, I get to teach anybody and everybody. Um, and so, yeah, it really was my my parents driving that decision and, and to be respectful and honor their wishes. Um, I went with it, but it was nice because my sister was a nurse. So I was able to lean on her and my brother for support when it came to that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, teaching obviously is a great profession. Um, I really respect our teachers and I have really good fond memories of some of the best teachers um, mm-hmm. that, I, that I, I have had the opportunity to work with. And I know you in particular, especially when you were younger, you, uh, I'll tell a story for the crowd here because they may not, not know this. I remember sometimes after church, you would go to Sabbath school and you would come home and you would line up your shoes And you would pretend that these shoes were children and you would, you know, give them (laughs) education (laughs) as it would. Tell us a little bit about that and and kind of how, um, you know, you've always kind of had this this element of, you know, education with you, even when you were young. Yeah, I think it was just like, you know, whatever I saw other people doing as far as my teachers, like I. Was kind of, it was almost like regurgitating what I what I saw, what I was learning. And even to this day, that's how I learn. Um, I have to kind of, I see and then I do it and act it out. Um, and that's kind of how I, I learn things. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm surprised you still remember that. But it was <laughs> buried uh, memories. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I still, I still do remember that. All right, so let's talk about your transition. So ultimately... Um, you know, you, you, you now are a nurse practitioner. So for the benefit of, you know, people who aren't really familiar with the nursing industry, can you tell us a little bit about some of the stages that you need to go through in order to become, I think there are roles such as like a CPN or, uh, or LPN um, and et cetera. So tell us about some of the roles that there are in nursing and, yeah. What it takes to become a nurse practitioner. Yeah, definitely. So there there are different um, kind of points that you could start. I know some, I started off as a CNA or a certified nurse assistant. And so basically you're an assistant to the nurses um, and you're helping with, you know, basic care for patients. You're bathing them, you're checking their blood pressure vitals, things like that. Um, sometimes you're able to draw blood work and just in any way you can support and assist the nurses. That was your role. And then you have like LPNs or licensed practice, um, practice nurses as well. So that's like the next step after that. Um, and then after that, you have a registered nurse or, or someone who has a bachelor's of science in nursing. Um, so that's what I have. Um, and that was a four year, um, training program that I had to go through. I initially started off at a community college. I did two years there. um, And then I was able to transfer over to George Mason, where I completed my bachelor's of science in nursing. So then after that, so when you're a registered nurse, you know, you can assess your patients, you're given medications, you're following the doctor's orders and um, educating them. So many different things that you can do. Um, And then from there, I decided, again, I, I really was on a quest to teach. I, I still wanted to teach. So right. I had to go back and get my master's in nursing education. Um, but one of the mentors that I had said, you know, Jennifer, I think you should consider, you know, becoming a um, advanced, advanced practice provider 
or a nurse practitioner only because, you know, you can diagnose patients, you can assess them, you can treat, um, but you still can get the best of both worlds. Like you're going to be very marketable. And then if you also want to branch out and teach, you can do that. But I feel that if maybe you just did only nursing education, you know, your pool of jobs may be limited. So that's kind of how I ended up becoming a um, nurse practitioner. That is awesome. And I I really like the, um, the, you know, the the, the part you talked about in terms of expanding the options you have in your role, because with a lot of nurses that I've interacted with, a lot of them typically will end at the BSN level. Yeah. Um, being a registered nurse, um, but going the, you know, taking the extra step of becoming the nurse practitioner opens up more doors based on what you're telling us. Yeah. Now, so um, I know that you, in your role, you mentioned that you've had opportunities to educate your patients and et cetera. So can you tell us a little bit about some of the leadership components of your role um, as a nurse practitioner and some of what you have gone through personally that has helped you grow as a leader, um, you know, organizing and managing patients, et cetera. Yeah. So right now in my, my current role, I'm the only <laughs> diabetes nurse practitioner that's available. And I'm pretty much a consultant. That's really my job. Um, so I, I get consults to see certain patients depending on whatever their needs may be. Some patients may come in with very high blood sugars or low blood sugars, and I'm called to help manage them. Um, as far as the leadership um, side of things, um, we do have a glycemic steering committee. Um, it's just basically a committee to help drive change um, and kind of help guide everybody into managing patients with diabetes appropriately. And so I'm co-chair of that um, by uh, nature of just me being the only <laughs> nurse practitioner there. That's right. Um, also, <laughs> I also help out. Um, I sit on the pharmacy and therapeutics committee, which is another committee that helps to um, look into different medications that are coming into hospital, things of that nature. Um, I'm also on the, um, what is it, quality um, coordinating council. So I think just by the nature of just what I do in the hospital, some of these committees I'm kind of just put into. Um, but then also I do work with um, other educators. And so by the nature of my role, I am a leader in the sense that they look to me for orders and guidance on how to best care for, for patients. Yeah, that's right. It sounds like you wear a lot of hats in your role. Yeah. And uh, I'm pretty sure that must be uh, kind of busy for you since you are married. You have two children. You're yeah. also active with the youth. So um, tell me, how do you do it? Like. How do you manage your time so that you, um, you know, we'll, we'll get into the kind of the burnout uh, focus a bit later, but yeah. right now, from a perspective of being a mother, uh, yeah. being a nurse practitioner, being a wife, right? How do you combine all of those three roles so that you can effectively be the best version of yourself? Yeah. Well, I think I communicate a lot. <laughs> And I delegate a lot. So I I, I have now learned, right, because I've been a nurse practitioner for about five years, so just to put it in context. I have now learned that, you know, just to be a, an effective leader, I, I, I can't do all these things by myself. And so I, I, I communicate my needs a lot more and I delegate a lot more. And so and when I go to work, 
I'm very, very focused. You know, when yeah. I got work, I'm working. Um, there's very minimal time for other things because I, I need to get out on time because I have to pick up my kids. Um, and then when I get home, I also want to have that time with my husband and my kids. Um, so I'm, I'm very, I have a schedule. I stick to it. Um, but then I also have moments where I give myself grace. If, if I'm just very tired or you know, I'm going through a rough patch, I, I pull back a little bit. And again, I, I speak up. Um, I think that was the biggest lesson for me, like not harboring everything in and thinking that I, I can do all these different things. Um, and, and, and then the, the load lightens and then we all benefit. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, you know, I, I, that resonates with me a lot just because of the nature of typically how in our minds, we have certain standards that we want to meet with the type of work that we do. And obviously everything that you're involved in, you want to have that, that level of quality. And when you (laughs) delegate, you put yourself in a position where you're vulnerable yeah. Where the work that you delegate to someone may not be to your standard, but the work gets done. Yeah. And, um, you know, hearing this from you is, is encouraging because I think that you also have to give yourself grace, right? Yeah. Um, exactly. Give yourself the time to uh, decompress and recognize that everything isn't about work. There are other components of life that you also have to deal with. Yeah. Now, another component of your life is also your participation in church. Now you are a Seventh-day Adventist Christian. So I know that you're actively involved with the youth. And um, what I would like to know is um, why the youth? You know, there are various things that you could be involved in. Um, So tell us a little bit about, you know, why you are so um, engaged or, or love working with these young people. Yeah. Because I remember what it was like when I was a youth, right? I felt very misunderstood, very, um, sometimes not heard. Um, and so those were the things that attracted me to the youth and they're a little fun. I I won't lie. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, and, and I, I wanted to find a way to give back. Right. So my, my time with the youth, I would say was a little bit, a few years ago now. Um, and as I've become a mother, um, my, my role has changed a little bit where I'm more involved in the children's ministry. That's right kids are, right? So mm-hmm. I get to spend time with them, but I also get to help out and give back. Um, so I think that's really kind of what attracted me to 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 work with the youth. And it, it working with the youth was just a way of service, right? The way that I could um, help and serve others um, that needed it the most. And at my previous church that I was at, we just didn't have um, a strong team of leaders leaders to help with the youth um, or even if they were people the youth felt like they couldn't connect with them so that was a role that I, I kind of stepped into and it was a lot for me to learn yeah. um, because you have to work with so many people um, you have to work with young people and also their parents which can also be challenging but I think that's what helps me now because and then being a nurse on top of that you deal and work with so many different people and so you're really able to adapt and you're very flexible in working with people and talking to people and understanding their points of views and, you know, working collaboratively. So that's what I want to Yeah. And I, I also recognize that it, it, it also must require you to have very good organizational skills in order to help 
um, put together some of the events that you've been involved with. Uh, I think in the past, you've been an active member of the CYP, yeah. um, helping with those types of events. And um, it's commendable to to hear that, you know, you you not only are a professional, but you also give back to your church as well, hopefully yeah. inspiring the next generation of leaders. Absolutely. Yeah, so let's let's pivot back to your career and being a nurse practitioner. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little bit about your role um, on a day to day basis. What does a nurse practitioner uh, look like for you? Yeah. So I'll kind of walk you through, I guess, my typical day. So when I when I get in the morning, again, like I said, I'm a consultant. So when I get in, I have maybe I'll give you maybe six consults that I received and I have to look up their history, work them up and kind of see, you know, why I was consulted, what the needs are. Um, Typically I'm asked to help manage um, patients with diabetes, their blood sugars. Most of the times they're very high or uncontrolled, if you want to put it like that. Um, And so I kind of go through and I order insulin for them because we use insulin in the hospital and I order the appropriate amount based on their needs. So I'll go up and see them, talk to them, get a sense of their diabetes history, any concerns, any barriers that they may have. Um, and then I come downstairs, have lunch. <laughs> it is important. That's right. <laughs> and I have lunch. <laughs> and then I chart on everybody. In between that, I get calls, you know, about, let's say I send a prescription and, you know, the insurance didn't cover it. So then we have to deal with that. Oh, the educators that I work with may call me and say, hey, I saw the patient, but I have these concerns about the patient. And that will affect how I I manage them too. So those are things that I need to know. In between that, I have meetings. Um, So every day is not the same, but that's just a typical um, sense of how the day goes. Yeah. Got it. For, For that young person who's watching this video or listening to the audio, and they're contemplating becoming a nurse practitioner, what would be the one thing that you would say would be an important skill, um, whether it's academically or even on a social level that they would probably need to have in order to be successful uh, in the career as a nurse practitioner? Yeah, Um, I think, you know, good communication um, is is very important. And then really a strong... um, understanding of patho and physiology or how the body works, I think it's really important because if you are able to understand how the body is supposed to work, if something is going wrong, you'll know how to fix it. Um, and I think reflected now, even though I, I, I think I did an okay job, but <laughs> at times it's like, you know, you have to go back into your books and pull out your book or your textbook and kind of refresh your knowledge. And then just having that continuous drive to learn, right. And, and being able to, Tell your patients and admit that, hey, I, I don't know this, but I'm going to look it up and I'll, I'll get you the proper answers or I'll find somebody that can help me get you the right answers. Um, and patients really appreciate that when you, you don't have that I know everything attitude. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Now, I know that everything hasn't always been rosy in your career. Yeah. Um, you've gone through some challenges, um, doubts, skepticism about your competency, your abilities, your capabilities, and that in turn had a side effect of making you want to work even harder to yeah. silence those doubters, right? So share, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that was something that was really important that I wanted to share um, with your audience today. So 
when I when I finished school um, and I got my first nurse practitioner uh, job, um, I was working at a private practice with an endocrinologist, and basically. Um, because I was new and a lot of people just didn't know me, didn't you know know what I'm capable of doing. Um, I had a tough time getting patients on my schedule. Like nobody wanted to book with me. Um, his schedule would be completely booked, and mine would be maybe one or two people the whole day. Um, so that was really tough for me, and that was just like I was like, ouch! Like <laughs> I went to spend all this money, and I, like I'm not getting any work. So that was a big like blow or slap to the face, I guess. And so, you know, subconsciously in my mind, right? So I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to, you know, I have to show them. I have to work hard. I have to prove that I know what I'm doing and things like that. So, I mean, eventually as time went on, as I started getting more patients on my panel and they, you know, started to trust me, I got busier. But then I also, again, hindsight, right? Just looking back, I had that constant thing of like people pleasing, right? I wanted to show and prove constantly that I could do I could do this and I could do hard things. Um, and then that was work, right? But then also at home, I have two young kids, right? Yeah. I have a husband. I have a life outside of work. And so I just really became severely burnt out. Yeah. Um, to the point where I just couldn't sleep because all I would think about is, oh, I have to do this prescription. Oh, I have to get back to this patient because I need to prove myself. Um, so being able to kind of reflect back, I realized that, Ooh, that was just also not good. Right. And it's not sustainable. Um, That's right. That's right. So, so with the burnout per se, um, it burning out, I, you know, honestly, even every profession has its own element of burnout, but dealing with burnout in the healthcare industry, from what you're saying, sounds a little, a little unique in the sense that for you, it wasn't as if the work was overwhelming, but you were trying to do more work in order to help silence those people who had doubts about your capabilities. So eventually, how did you find balance? That word balance. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know that I ever found balance, but I think I I recognized what I was doing wrong. Um, And, you know, I started to just kind of take a step back and analyze what I was doing and then how I could make changes so that I could actually enjoy the job that I was doing and have a decent, I guess, work-life balance. So number one was recognition. That that was what I was doing because I didn't, initially, I didn't realize that I was just like, oh, I just have to keep going. And like I said, I had literally just gotten out of school. So I just had that like drive, but at the same time, life is also happening to me. So recognition was n- number one, reaching out, like t- talking to my family, my friends about it. And they're like, eh, you know, what you're doing, you know, you're really pushing yourself too hard. You need to yeah. get easy, that kind of thing. And then also just being very, um, getting myself on a schedule. So, you know, if I'm working eight to four thirty, um, eight to four thirty. Um, with the exceptions of emergencies, um, I, I, I won't touch anything work-related, things like that. Every once in a while, you do have moments where you have to bring work home. But now I'm a little bit more disciplined in, you know, how I manage my time. Um, as I said, delegating, because that was also a big thing for me. I wasn't delegating. There yeah. were a lot of things I had put on myself unnecessarily, again, to just prove that I could do it. Um, but again, nobody asked me to do all that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, know, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. I think some of the few things that I did. Yeah. 
And eventually you went on to become nominated as Nurse of the Year, which is an astounding achievement. Now, as we come to the end of our discussion here, can you share any final thoughts about, you know, um, your your experience and for those listeners who, you know, maybe have been inspired by some of the, the, the things that you shared, what are some of the final thoughts that you can um, can can share with our audience? Yeah. I mean, I think one of the big things is for me is like, you know, you, you can do these things. You can, you, you know, we've done it. You, you can do hard things, right? Through God's grace, you can do it. Um, but finding out a way to balance these, you know, things that you want to do is very important. I think also one thing that I've, um, I can admit that I've become better out is seeking out resources and opportunities to make things more efficient for myself, to make my life a little bit easier. Um, so tapping into other resources, tapping into people, networking, um, I, I am, you know, believe it or not, I'm, I'm very shy. (laughs) (laughs) You shy? Come on now. (laughs) When it comes to networking, that's just not my strong suit, but I've just Mm -hmm. learned that, you know, making connections and, you know, networking with others is really important, especially in healthcare, um, and kind of the role that I've ended up landing myself in. So I think those would be some of the things that I would I would say like are are vital to do. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jennifer. That brings us to the end of mm-hmm. another inspiring episode of the Leaders Room. Thank you, Jennifer. Thanks for having me. Thank you. All right. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Um, I've had a lot of fun talking to my sister. Uh, she is an awesome person, if I have to say so for myself. Um, I wish her all the best. And for those of you who have enjoyed this episode, uh, please uh, subscribe, rate, and leave me a review so that you can stay tuned for more stories of leadership, resilience, and success. Until next time, keep leading, keep learning, and keep making a difference in your lives. Thank you.